We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com. I am Chris Beermaker, Sam Prince, joined as always by the OGs, my boys, my homies, Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious, David Kaplan, a.k.a. Head Chopper. Boys, how is week nine? How is Halloween? We're trick-or-treating in there since we last talked. So, Derek, how'd everything go? Halloween, week nine, how we doing, brother? Yeah, Halloween was pretty good. Uh, my little one was sick. He's still sick. Uh, threw up all over my car this morning on his way to daycare. So uh, my morning got off to a real nice start. Uh, about as good as my morning of NFL games. Uh, played AP a little too much and then uh, compounded the matters by uh, getting off of Kamara and uh, you know, a couple other guys in that late game. So uh, yeah, not a great week for me, but uh, excited for week 10. And why is it when kids throw up, they pick the worst spots, like the car where it's going to go in all the crevices and cracks, or my house has half wood floors, half carpeting. I don't think one kid's throwing up on the wood floor where you could just, you know, (laughs) easily just wipe it up, be done with it. It's always in the carpeting, in the car, like you said. Ah, those days are coming. It's that time of the year. So hopefully he's feeling better. Chop, hopefully better news in your house. No throw up. But how how was the Halloween? How was week nine? Uh, Halloween was interesting. I mean, we've had, this is like the Texas weather, man, has just been nuts for about a month and a half. We've, I've never seen so much rain in Texas. So 
Halloween was cold and rainy. It was, it was really weird. But they still went out, found a little gap in the weather, got plenty of candy for daddy. Of course, I had to pick through it. I like the chocolate and the peanut butter stuff, you know. I like that kind. So I'll pick through that and get the good stuff. And then they can have all the gummy bears and Laffy Taffies and all that garbage. I want the chocolate. So we did that. I got that. But I had way too much because finally I think it all just kind of came to a crashing head this past Sunday night, man. I had so much candy for like four days straight. <laughs> you didn't I'm the throw up got... in the car, did you? <laughs> I didn't throw up in the car, man. But I went to my daughter's restroom because I don't want to wake my wife up. And, oh, buddy, it finally all just came out, man, <laughs> on Sunday night. And it was rough. But I – Good thing about stomach aches is, man, once you get it out of your stomach, it's instant relief. There's oh, no yeah. lingering, you know, so it's all, it's all good. feel much better now. I'm ready to rock and roll on this weekend. Yeah, man. It's, we got bags full of candy at our house. The beauty here, and it's not good for your boy. I mean, the, the, the pounds add up when you eat too much chocolate, but my daughter doesn't like chocolate. So she gets all the Reese's and Snickers and Twix and Kit Kats. Here, Dad, here, this is, this is all for you, like. I appreciate it. I'm with you, Chop. I like the chocolate, but, man, it takes its toll. I'm taking a little break from the candy myself. So let's get into the football here this week, week 10, season flying by. But Thursday night, the last couple have not been great. This one should be fun. Carolina and Pittsburgh, Chop, let's get started with you. We always start with the captain spot. You know, a lot, a lot of times there's one or two options. Here you got a variety of options of who you want in the captain spot. And then is there any value in this slate? Can we go to a Samuel? Can we go to a DJ Moore to bounce back? So break it down for us Thursday night, Carolina and Pittsburgh. Who are we going to? Are you going to me? Yeah, I'm going to you, man. You're, you're uh-huh. our uh, showdown guy. So you, could, you, you cut off on me a little bit there for a minute, so I didn't, I didn't quite hear who you were throwing it to. But, uh, yeah, this, this showdown slate looks good right here. This looks. This is a juicy one. This is two good teams. I'd like to start off by saying that uh, I've always been a fan of Cam Newton, and like some of his, some of the things he does, I don't get. I don't. I don't. Not a fan of. But like the way he plays this game, the you know how good he is. I'm a big fan of his as a football player, and uh, he just keeps getting better, man. He's he always makes improvements every year, and. Th- like there's, I don't think this team can compete for a Super Bowl to get out of the NFC. The NFC is loaded, but boy, he just he just brings a good hard offense to defend, man, every single week. So, props to Cam Newton. Any other year, and I'd say he has a chance at a Super Bowl, but this is not going to happen this year. But shouldn't stop you from grabbing him in the uh, showdown slate as the premier player on either team here. I think. Uh, so um, I'm going to roll with Cam Newton. I'm in for a big DJ Moore bounce back. Everybody loaded up on DJ Moore this past weekend. That didn't work out. It was actually Curtis Samuel who came back and got off. That was pretty weird. Everything Curtis Samuel did is what people thought DJ Moore was going to do. That's when you kind of buy low on a guy like Moore and, and get back on that bandwagon and, and hope it's not so crowded this time and he actually pays off. So you know, it would be easy to load up on McCaffrey here or even James Conner, but I might bat- bypass on the running backs in this game just as a strategic thing and, and load up on the passing game. So, Newton, DJ Moore on that side. On the flip side, you could always play Big Ben at home. Uh, we've said it, you know, big fan of Juju all the time. Antonio's expensive, but if you're looking for one of those deep sleepers on a uh, showdown slate, the kind like, uh, you know, just this past week, what was it? Hearns, Alan Hearns finally caught a touchdown for Dallas, and that could have won you a showdown slate when the margins are so thin. 
that uh, maybe this week's or this Thursday's Alan Hearns ends up being James Washington. I'm going to go James Washington as a deep, deep sleeper. Yeah, he's only $1,000. So he's got that questionable tag. So that always helps lower ownership. People don't want to mess around with that. They want to build the lineups. They want to move on. Uh, so he is an intriguing dart throw. And it's surprising to see Cam Newton as the fifth highest priced guy on this slate. I mean, I get it. We got Connor, Brown, McCaffrey, and Ben. But, Chop, I agree. Cam Newton gives you a huge upside. Last week, everybody had high expectations and they just scored uh, with all these other guys. So he still played well. He just didn't get in the end zone. So, could be a nice bounce back spot here for Cam to get back into the 30s. Derek, your turn, brother. Showdown slate, Carolina and Pittsburgh. Yeah, this sets up as a slate where I'm looking to get three studs into my lineup and then kind of punt with the other three and just hope for the best. Uh, as far as Cam Newton goes, he ran extremely bad last week to only have 21 fantasy points. We had Christian McCaffrey run two in. He'd only have one all season before that. We had Samuel take in that long touchdown. And then they were playing with a two-touchdown lead for most of the game. So uh, the fact that he has a 20-point floor, even in a game where, you know, he ran pretty bad, I'll be using him as my captain. Uh, don't mind looking at McCaffrey. Uh, he's always in play, especially in games where they're going to be trailing because he'll get a bunch of targets. Uh, their receivers, I don't really know what to do. I'll probably just play the ownership route. I mean, Funchess is fine. DJ Moore, I like him to bounce back. You have Greg Olson in a pretty good spot against Pittsburgh who has struggled against tight ends ever since Ryan Shazier uh, went out last season. So I think there's a lot to like on Carolina. And then obviously Big Ben at home. I think you can play two quarterback lineups in this showdown slate, pair him up with any of his uh, wideouts. And uh, if you want to take a cheap route, uh, the Carolina Panthers dead last uh, in fantasy points allowed two tight ends this season, just got dusted by OJ Howard last week. So you can look at Vance McDonald. You can even look at Jesse James as sort of your real cheap uh, sleepers in that slate. Yeah, talk about tilting. I mean, I was heavy on Carolina, Cam Newton, a lot of DJ Moore, Greg Olson, a lot of McCaffrey, and Alex Arma runs one in. I'm like, who the hell is Alex Arma? But, you know, just another way that Carolina can score the ball. But both teams playing well should be a fun game and definitely one of the better showdown slates uh, of this season. All right, let's move on to Sunday, guys. we got New Orleans and Cincinnati to lead us off here on the main slate. Saints coming off that huge win at home against the Rams and Cincinnati – Maybe if we're going to be without A.J. Green, definitely this week, and we'll see. Might be for the foreseeable future. So let's start with Cincinnati, Derek. You know, what do they do? Obviously, Tyler Boyd because of it, becomes of interest here to us, but do you worry about him facing more coverages now, more double teams, and who steps up for Cincinnati to replace even a portion of the A.J. Green upside? Yeah, not only do we have to worry about, you know, uh, double teams for Tyler Boyd, but his price, uh, 7500 on DraftKings. I'm glad that they definitely bumped it up after the A.J. Green news. Uh, but I still think he's going to get a bunch of targets. They don't really have anyone else to throw to. We know the Saints, they're very good against the run, uh, very bad against the pass. So you got to think Boyd's going to be in for a large uh, target volume. And if he's going to be lower owned because of that price, then I don't mind going there in tournaments. If you don't want to look at him, you got John Ross, you got Erickson. Uh, they're both priced under $4,000 this week. You can go back to uh, Uzuma at tight end. Uh, so it's a game where they're probably going to be, you know, needing to keep up with the Saints offense. I expect them to air it out a bit. Uh, it sounds like Giovanni Bernard's going to be back, may end up stealing some passing work from Mixon. So I'm not really sure if I want to target either uh, player in the backfield there. And uh, as far as the Saints go, I know Chop is our breaking news guy here, but uh, what's going to happen with Dez? Is he going to go uh, to New Orleans, Chop? Well, let's go to the desk of Head Chopper. What do, you, what do you think here on Dez Bryant? 
I mean, does it, honestly, guys, does it really matter? I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's washed and maybe he'll have a, a decent game if he plays with New Orleans, but it's certainly not something we got to design any rosters around or anything like that. Right. I mean, <laughs> he's just Des Bryant. I mean, I don't know. Uh, this is a good game right here. And uh, I know I see where Derek's coming from with the, uh, with the, the Tyler Boyd thing, you know, and, and maybe getting a lot of more defensive attention. But, I mean, I, I just – it's going to be hard for me not to play a lot of Tyler Boyd this week in this game just because I look at the other options they got. And I think a lot of people will chase John Ross uh, cheap and filling in for A.J. Green. But, man, I'm just not a fan of John Ross. I haven't been since he's been in the league. So, I don't think he can be a productive NFL wide receiver, to be honest with you. So, uh, maybe you go a different route and you take a guy like uh, Joe Mixon to be more of a receiver out of the backfield. And then that, that kind of counteracts the, you know, people are going to go up and down the list and they're going to go, okay, well, look at new Orleans here, extremely good against the run. So I can't play Joe Mixon. Well, Joe Mixon does more than just run. And if they're going to give him extra responsibility in the passing game, he could very easily explode in this game and have a monster. So I like Mixon and Boyd on that side. On the flip side, at Cincinnati, I mean, it, you would think it's a Camara game, but just when you think it's a Camara game, it could be an Ingram game. He's like half the price on DraftKings, literally half the price of Camara, and you just never know when it might be a hammer game. So I'm, I'm, I'm about Ingram this game, I think. I think Michael Thomas had his big game. I can pass on him this weekend. Camara's 8.7. I can pass on those limited touches. You want to take a shot with Trey Quan catching a bomb? That's fine, but I think I may be leaning to Mark Ingram in this game. Yeah, that's a great price. I mean, forty five hundred. He didn't do much in that shootout, but like you said, you know, all it takes is him finding the end zone once or twice, and you're loving that price. And Derek, I know you mentioned Gio Bernard in passing, but he could be a guy to utilize as more of a pass catcher as well. If he's fully back, he could play some more snaps as say a slot type receiver. So uh, keep an eye on the news there with Gio Bernard. But agree, somebody on Cincinnati's got to do something. Uh, Tyler Boyd, certainly a guy to look at, but see if we can dig out some more value throughout the week. All right, next game here, we got Atlanta and Cleveland, Chop, and we have the, the return of Duke Johnson, and we know Atlanta struggles big time against pass-catching running backs. Duke Johnson, one of my favorite plays on this slate. I think he was obviously a big part of that offense. I don't think it was fluky. They were looking to get him the ball. So 4,700 here for Duke Johnson. And our boy Julio finally crossed the little white line, finally found the end zone. In a week, we knew that was the week it was going to happen, the week nobody was really on him. But a lot here, two off, or one offense playing well in Atlanta. Cleveland, we'll see if they can respond here. But Chop, what do you got, Falcons and Browns? Uh, I think I'm going to be a little bit different here. I can see the field loading up on Duke Johnson here because of uh, the matchup, Atlanta, and the, the way they give up pass receptions and all that other good stuff. But uh, – I'm going to go a different route, and I think I may just be contrarian in the fields and go with Nick Chubb. And I'll tell you why. I was super impressed with how much usage they gave Nick Chubb there. I mean, I know Duke Johnson is going to get the headlines, but, like, they didn't necessarily bump up his snaps or anything. They didn't take anything away from Chubb. They just threw to him more, and they had to because they were playing from behind early in that game. But – Nick Chubb still got his snaps. He still got 22 carries in a game where they trailed for a lot of that game. Imagine what happens if somehow they jump out ahead of this game. Nick Chubb's going to get 22 to 25 carries again. I like Nick Chubb. I'm going to go 
throw everybody a curveball and go Nick Chubb in this game. And uh, I don't think I've ever seen a team celebrate a meaningless garbage time touchdown uh, out more than Atlanta did when Julio got in the end zone late in the fourth quarter outside of like maybe a touchdown from a guy who was coming back from injury and battling illness or something like that. I mean, they celebrated like he just won the Super Bowl for him and it was a garbage time touchdown. Like it's, it was so weird, bizarre, but good for him, man. He deserves it. He's having a good year. I think it's, that may be the, you know, when you're out drinking with your boys and you start drinking and drinking and you're, you're, you're good for a while but once that first time you go to the bathroom it opens the floodgates oh, that's yeah. it you know <laughs> once you go and take that first piss it's over with man <laughs> then you're back there every five I think maybe that touchdown opened the floodgates for Julio maybe he's in it now he's just going to start raining in touchdowns I could see that happening so I'll get back on Julio I actually had him a little bit against Washington but I'll get back on that train I like him uh, obviously more than anybody else in this offense and uh, so for me, it's Julio and Nick Chubb, my main guys. So my two main takeaways here, Julio broke the seal. That's, that's what you're saying there. Yes. So Julio <laughs> broke the seal Jones and you're going to smash a Chubb is what I'm hearing. Derek, you I'm, heard I'm, that, right? I'm, I'm freaking, I'm, I'm getting a Chubb just thinking about it. Right. I mean, I like that call. I had some Nick Chubb last week and it did pretty well. So yeah, I mean, I agree. Duke Johnson looks to be in a great spot. Love him. Uh, but Nick Chubb certainly played that price as well. Derek, thoughts, Falcons and Browns? Man, I hate to say it, but I agree with everything Chop just said. Uh, from the oh. Falcons side, <laughs> yeah, I really like Julio Jones. Not only did he finally uh, score that touchdown, but Denzel Ward, uh, the Browns' best cornerback, left last game, didn't return. Sounds like he's very questionable for this one. If he's unable to go, or even if he does go and is a little bit limp, uh, I do think uh, Julio's going to be in for a big game. Don't really want to target the running backs. I know the Browns have struggled against uh, the run so far this season, but uh, Ito and Tevin Coleman is still in that timeshare. Drew – or not Drew Brees. Uh, Matt Ryan on the road. Don't ever love him uh, outdoors. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a Julio spot for me from Atlanta. And then if everyone's going to gravitate towards Duke Johnson, yeah, I think uh, I agree with Chop. I like Nick Chubb quite a bit. Uh, probably going to out-snap him, assuming this game's going to stay close. I know Johnson, I mean, he was basically playing 50% of the snaps before Hugh Jackson was fired, played 50% last week, just had uh, more targets this time around. So, uh, you know, maybe it's a spot to get back on to Landry and Njoku and, uh, and Nick Chubb and then let everyone else chase those Duke Johnson points. All right, let's move on next game. Derek, you're the resident Jags fan here. So we got Jacksonville and Indianapolis here in our next game. So – Coming off the bye here for these teams, and almost a must-win for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do they respond? Do they go in Indianapolis and get this win here this week against the Colts? Yeah, I'm not going to guarantee a win, but uh, they definitely need it. And it sounds like Fournette's going to be back. Uh, if that's the case, I think they're going to, you know, take the ball out of Blake Bortles' hands a little bit, and uh, you know, sort of get back to what they did last year: run the ball, play good defense. I don't really have a ton of interest in anyone on Jacksonville. Uh, Bortles does have a very good history against uh, the Colts, and it is indoors. He is only 4,900, so if you're looking for a really cheap quarterback, you can certainly go that route. But we've talked about it a number of times on this pod. Uh, the pricing has just been so thin uh, on DraftKings this week at quarter or this year at quarterback that I think it makes sense to pay up at the position. Then on Indy's side. I always have a little bit of interest in luck at home. Uh, you can play Hilton. I know the Jags historically have been tough on receivers, but that hasn't really been the case this season as much. Uh, Hilton, anytime he's playing indoors, uh, is going to be on my radar for tournaments. I like that price point at 5700 
And then Marlon Mack just been uh, amazing over the last two weeks. He's had 258 rushing yards, 50 receiving yards uh, in those two games. And the Jags run defense just hasn't been all that special this year. So uh, Max, a guy that you can look to in tournaments. I think a lot of people look elsewhere since he's uh, up to 6,000 this week. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, we still look at Jacksonville's D like, like last year's Jacksonville D and they're good this year, but they're nowhere near the elite level status they were last season. So I like that call a lot. I don't think a lot of people are going to be looking at Marlon Mack, especially in this game when you can get Leonard Fournette at 63, 300 more, 6,300. So Chop, Leonard Fournette, yes or no on the Jacksonville side, and any interest in Bortles in the passing game, and then hit on Marlon Mack, Andrew Luck, and the rest of these Colts. Are you targeting them against this Jacksonville defense? Chop. To the Jacksonville side first. Uh, I would say the only guy I have interest in is Fournette, and, yes, I have a lot of interest in him. I mean, that's a lot of good time to rest right there for Fournette. Uh, you know, running backs, you just – that wear and tear over the course of a season grinds them down. He hasn't had to deal with that. He's going to be fresh. He's going to be strong, assuming he's healthy, which we think he is. I think this is a prime matchup for him, and I think they'll just – after everything that they've seen out of Bortles here with him absent, I think they're really going to unleash Fournette here. I like Fournette quite a bit. It, it probably helps to play him on FanDuel as opposed to DraftKings. You just never like a guy who – doesn't get a ton of work in the passing game on DraftKings, but you know we've seen those big weeks before, so I'm there. But that's the only guy for Jacksonville I have an interest in. And for Indianapolis, I'm trying to look here real fast. I know Marlon Mack missed practice yesterday. I don't know if I don't know if that's the case again today. He showed up with an injury, so I mean we'll see how that plays out. If he's out, then Nehemiah Nia. Neheim, I don't know, Hines, man. There you go. It looks like Nehemiah almost on paper. We're not known for our our name pronunciation here. I'm the worst in in all of DFS industry, man. I'm the worst. (laughs) So, But, uh, yeah, he's, you know, that would be a playable guy right there. But I don't know, Jacksonville, a little chance to rest here. I kind of think we see a more, you know, that same, maybe not the same defense as last year, but more closer closer related than what we've seen so far with a little rest time R&R and a little chance to recoup. I'm not really super stoked on Indianapolis, guys. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Max intriguing, but the rest of it, we'll see. Not jumping off the page for me early in the week here, but I'll keep an eye on it. All right, next game, we got NFC North battle. Detroit and Chicago total right around 45. Two teams chop kind of going in the opposite direction. You know, the Lions trade away Golden Tate and don't look great there in Minnesota. You know, it's given up about 500 sacks in that game. Well, now you got to go to Chicago, face probably the best defense in the league, coming off a massive win in Buffalo. So any chance here for the Lions to respond? I think people will ignore them across the industry. Are you in lockstep with that, or do you see some plays here for the Lions? Uh, it's going to be tough to get behind Detroit this week in this matchup. Uh, just they didn't impress last week. They missed Golden Tate quite a bit. I don't see them grinding Carryon Johnson into the line into the line here and may, and doing much damage. So I think he's off the table. Theo Riddick's back anyway. He's kind of taking away snaps from him and and plays from him. So I think the backfield's kind of a mess. Stafford has no time back there. If Khalil Mack is healthy, that's even less time this week. I mean, the Chicago defense, like you know, like you said, you say they're one of the best. Well, Minnesota got to this guy like ten times last week. If Khalil Mack is healthy, he's not going to have any time. I don't know. It's a tough sell for me, but 
maybe you take a tournament stab at Galladay. I'll keep believing in his talent to win out eventually. So maybe that's your tournament stab, but I'm not super stoked on it. On the other side, I'm not super stoked on Chicago either. I think their biggest playmaker is Tariq Cohen. So that's a, that's a place I could go. I don't trust. I mean, that was Jordan Howard's best game of the year by far. And you look up and he barely cracked, you know, in the teens, like two touchdowns and just he's not getting it done. So, and Trubisky has to be able to run. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I think Cohen's the guy that gets the most work in this offense. And that's the guy I want. Uh, even when Allen Robinson was healthy, he wasn't impressing me. Taylor Gabriel had his one good game, but he's so hit or miss. And Anthony Miller's still just a rookie trying to find his way. So I don't know. Just Tariq Cohen's the only one that interests me on that side. All right, we got a little Detroit news as we record. Nothing major, nothing that's going to affect anything daily-wise. But Amir Abdullah has been released from the Lions, and they have signed wide receiver Bruce Ellington uh, to maybe fill some of that Golden Tate role. But guy that can't stay healthy in Ellington. I like the talent, but uh, we'll see how quickly he gets acclimated. But, Derek, your thoughts here, Lions and Bears. Yeah, you mentioned in the intro, uh, Detroit just awful. Offensive line last week, gave up 10 sacks. Uh, so I definitely like the Bears defense in this one. And unlike Chop, I think Jordan Howard uh, is in play this week. If you look at, uh, you know, when the Bears have been playing with the lead, he gets 64% of the running back touches. When they're playing from behind, Cohen leads the team in targets and gets 45% of the running back touches. So uh, this is a game where I expect them to be playing from ahead. I know Howard is a touchdown or bust type of player, not really the guy that we like to target on DraftKings. But 4700 that's a good price point. I think you can correlate that play with the Bears' defense. Uh, hopefully they create some short fields for this offense. Outside of that, don't really want to play Trubisky. Not sure they'll have to air it out in this one. He does offer a pretty high rushing floor week to week. But, yeah, I like him in some of those higher scoring games. And then for Detroit – They've had a shift in philosophy over the last four games. In the first four, they had the fourth highest situation neutral passing rate. Uh, over the last four games, the fourth lowest situation neutral passing rate. And I uh, don't want to play any of their running backs uh, with Theo Riddick back. Agree with Chop. I think you can still take a flyer on Galladay, but uh, he only saw four targets last week compared to Marvin Jones's eight. So, yeah, pretty ugly spot uh, for Detroit overall, but uh, I will be looking at the Bears and Howard correlation play. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Yeah, I'm with you on Howard. I just can't quit Jordan Howard for some reason. Chop, the points are valid. I mean, he hasn't been very efficient, but I think touchdown opportunities will be there. And this Alliance team giving up the most rushing yards of anybody in the league, you know, over 134 yards per game allowed on the ground. So if Chicago controls this game, I'm in agreement with Derek. I think you see Jordan Howard maybe go over 100 yards here. We'll see if he can finally crack that number, but still a fair price, and I'm going to roll the dice there as well. All right, next game. Derek, this one could be ugly. You want to talk about murders and whatnot. <laughs> I mean, the Cardinals going into Kansas City here, how is this game going to end? Now, the, the point you have to look at, Kansas City, next week, play the Rams in Mexico City. So this could be a look-ahead spot here for Kansas City. But even on cruise control, is there any way that Arizona is even competitive in this game? No, I don't think so. Uh, they could not practice all week. I think they'd come out and win by 10 or more points against the Cardinals. But uh, I still think this is a good game to target for fantasy. Uh, we haven't been too interested in Arizona all year, but uh, you know now they're playing their second week 
with Brian Leffitt, Byron Leftwich as their offensive coordinator. They're coming off of the bye. This is a game where they're going to have to score points. They're going to be playing from behind. So I actually think the Arizona offense is in play. I mean, Josh Rosen at 4,800. I don't hate the play. Uh, we have David Johnson, who seemed to be getting more involved. They ran uh, some pass plays for him uh, in their last game with uh, Leftwich as their OC. And then you have Kirk and Fitzgerald who are uh, pretty cheap. I mean, somebody's going to have to play well in this offense, even though you know they might not score a ton of points. They're probably going to rack up a lot of yards in this game because uh, they will be playing from behind. We know Kansas City scores really quick. Arizona's going to be running a lot of plays. Uh, we have Sills Jones at 3,000 on DraftKings going up against a defense that's been missing Eric Berry all year. So I actually have quite a bit of interest uh, in Arizona's offense. We'll see uh, if that ends up uh, coming back to bite me. But if you want to play the Chiefs defense at home against a rookie quarterback, I don't, I don't mind that either. And then with the Chiefs, it's just the usual suspects. You can target any of them. Mahomes already has 29 passing touchdowns in nine games this season. That's just incredible. Uh, Hunt's been awesome over the last four or five weeks. And then you have Hill, Kelsey, Watkins. Uh, just pick your poison there. So I think this game does have uh, a lot of fantasy appeal. The only concern would be if they get up by you know 30 points and then uh, pull some of their starters. So I'm going to take a second here and talk to, to our boy Byron Leftwich. I know he's a big listener here of the OG's podcast. <laughs> but look at last week, Duke Johnson, nine targets on nine receptions. The Kansas City Chiefs allow more receiving yards to running backs than anybody in football. And you have David freaking Johnson on your team. Chop, this has got to be a spot where they utilize that. Do they figure it out here? Do they use David Johnson more in the passing game and take advantage of this matchup? Or are you going to continue to stay away uh, from DJ? No, I'm definitely not staying away. Uh, well, I'll start off with Kansas City because that's – I mean, everybody is going to look at the numbers and, and fire up Kareem Hunt. You know, not only is he scoring the, the, like 13 touchdowns this year and he's been absolutely on fire since that second week where everybody chalked him up for dead. Uh, they're doing that and then they're going to look on the flip side and see how bad Arizona against the running backs this year. And they're going to fire up Kareem Hunt. And he makes for a great pay play on paper, but you know you just never know how it's going to play out. So this could be a this could be and this could be a Tyreek Hill game. Tyreek Hill's been kind of quiet for quite a while now, half injury, half just not really needing him to do anything. He could break out here in this game and, and bust out a couple of long touchdowns and be a tournament winning kind of guy. So, but it could go anywhere from Kansas City. It could go all over the place. So that's tough to figure out. But on Arizona. I think this is really under the radar. I don't know how under the radar it is, but these guys look very, very solid, very attractive in tournaments this week. They're going to be playing from behind. They got that rookie quarterback. So it's not like a veteran quarterback like Carson Palmer or something where you're going to pull him out of the game if they're down by 30. You're going to let this guy take his licks, man, to learn. So we're good with that. I don't mind Josh Rosen. Love David Johnson for the reasons you just said, Beer. David Johnson's in play. Larry Fitzgerald. Who's going to roster the old man Fitzgerald? I mean, that first game with uh, Leftwich as the coordinator, Fitzgerald kind of, you know, was really sneaky play there, man. He, he, he kind of did some damage, and I could think that after a bye week with some fresh legs and even more practice time with Leftwich, I think, I think Fitzgerald could make some noise, and then you, you can always hit a home run with Christian Kirk. So I think all these guys are in play in their own way, shape, and form in tournaments. Any concern with Larry Fitzgerald splits? You know, generally better at home. It's not just a one-season thing, and we've seen it again this year. At home, 13.3. DK points per game on the road, 6.7. Any concern with that? For me, no. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm willing to uh, just 
I think it's the matchup. I just it's such a good matchup for him, and you know, eventually they'll be behind, and they just got aired out so much. I just I feel like it's I, I can I can offset the home road splits. All right, let's mix in a little sports betting here. You know, we, we got our, our sharp side stuff going. So 17 points is the spread here, guys. Are, are we going Kansas City or are you taking the points in Arizona? There, wow. give it to me. Uh, oh, I'll, take, I'll take Arizona with the late uh, cover. All right, Chop, what do you got? See, that's the beauty of the NFL, man. You could, They can be down by, you know, 24 points there in the fourth quarter. Hell, they could be down by 31. You know, Kansas City falls asleep, a couple of touchdowns, a spread buster, and all of a sudden you've covered the spread. So that's just a lot of points in the NFL. I'd have to take the points. Yeah, that is a ton of points. I would lean Kansas City right now, but I wouldn't fault you for taking the points there with Arizona. All right, three games left here on the main slate in the early games. We'll cover the late games in part two of the podcast. But let's wrap up here our final three games, New England and Tennessee chops. So New England – Got home, got got it done at home against my Packers last week. Looked pretty good. Tennessee went in and beat your Cowboys there on Monday night. So they're feeling good. They're coming back home. Should be a fun game here daily-wise. I think there's some options here. What do you think, Patriots and Titans? I would say for the Patriots, it looks like Michelle's coming back this week. So uh, I know James White's always going to be, you know, in play regardless. But with Michelle back, maybe it takes a little bit of the luster off of James White. So maybe it's a guy you can fade a little bit this week. Uh, I'm just not a big fan of – I don't want to spend on Tom Brady. I think there's other options out there I like more. Edelman's fine on DraftKings, PPR. Josh Gordon is the route I would take on a side like Fandle where you want the touchdowns more. So I would play that. Of course, Cordell Patterson can go back to being nothing now. You know, no, he's not going to get any – short-lived. <laughs> he was solid. Give, oh, I give him credit. I give him credit, but we don't need him anymore. And then uh, Gronk has just not been there all year. I mean, this is – DraftKings is really – they're borderline begging you to take him in a couple more bad weeks, and you'll have to play him because he'll be down to 4K. But 5.6 on DraftKings is a really nice price tag. But he just – he's more of a blocker right now, and I don't know, I don't know if that's going to change all of a sudden. So I don't know if I could go that route. Tennessee's the team. I think they're a better team than what – I think they're a better team than what we all kind of gave them credit for early on. They didn't look great. But Mariota got injured that first game, and he was not the same since. He had a week to rest it up, and he looked pretty good against the Cowboys. He's got some weapons. I like Corey Davis. Uh, Deion Lewis is the guy. little revenge here. I don't know if it's a revenge, but uh, I do like Deion Lewis regardless because they're phasing Derrick Henry out of this offense. So Deion Lewis, Corey Davis, Mariota, I think they all look very, very solid this week. Absolutely love Deion Lewis this week. I mean, not only the revenge, but 19 carries to Derrick Henry's six in that game against Dallas. Patriots, and we just talked about the Chiefs, so the Patriots allow the fourth most receiving yards to running backs. So I think it's a tremendous spot, and only 4,600. You know, didn't get the price bump that that game being a Monday night game. So I think he's one of the best value plays on this slate and a nice pivot off of Duke Johnson, who we talked about earlier as kind of a pass-catching target for us. So – Derek, your thoughts there on Derek Lewis or Derek, Derek Deion Lewis mixing up Derek Henry and Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis, the Titans, and then the rest of this game, Patriots and Tennessee. Yeah, Lewis is a lock and load play for me on DraftKings. They mentioned before the bye that they wanted to get him more involved. Uh, you mentioned the carry split with Henry. He also outsnapped him 59 to 14. And yeah, you mentioned uh, didn't get the price bump after the big game on Monday night. So uh, at that price point in this matchup, plus the revenge factor, uh, I'm going to be using him. 
pretty much across the board. I uh, like Mariota too. I mean, you can pair Mariota with Lewis for $9,300 on DraftKings and uh, just get all the touchdowns there in Tennessee. I like that route quite a bit. Uh, probably won't be pairing up Mariota with any of his receivers, but you can certainly pair him up with Deion Lewis, who gets a lot of catches out of the backfield. Uh, we saw him catch a touchdown in that Monday night game. So I think it's a great spot uh, for Tennessee's offense, and those two are going to be my favorite targets. Uh, as far as New England goes, yeah, Michelle uh, being back does worry me a little bit when it comes to James White, especially now that he is 7,300 on DraftKings. I'll probably go back to Josh Gordon. Uh, season high 10 targets last week, uh, caught 130 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's just going to keep getting better in this offense. And according to Adam Schefter, it sounds like Gronkowski is more week-to-week than anything else. The Patriots haven't confirmed that. But uh, if he ends up being out again, just more reason to like uh, Josh Gordon in this one. All right, next game for us, we have Washington and Tampa Bay. And, and Derek, my main question for you is I'm looking at the total. It's 52. we got a nice close spread here, three points. You think you get a little back and forth. Tampa Bay, I think there's a bunch of viable options. Washington, what do we do there? I mean, there's going to be points scored. It's a defense we can take advantage of, but the Redskins have been either AP gets 30 carries and we win, or we put the ball in Alex Smith's hands and and things don't go well. So how are you attacking this? Are you believing in a a guy like Maurice Harris coming off 12 targets? Who is going to do the damage here for the Redskins? Yeah, that's a good question and one that I don't have an answer to. You know, I tried my uh, annual AP play once a year. Uh, didn't work out last week. I uh, was not expecting them to get down by three touchdowns early in that one. Uh, they should be able to keep this one a little closer. Maybe uh, Peterson has a bounce back game. His ownership will probably be down. And uh, we know Tampa Bay, they struggle against pretty much every position. So don't mind AP. Probably would rather use him on a site like FanDuel uh, where they don't have the full PPR. Outside of that, uh, probably keep an eye on Jordan Reed. If he ends up being out, you can look at Vernon Davis. He'd probably become the chalk play at that point. If Reed plays, maybe this is finally the game where he gets going a little bit. He's just seeing such short targets. Um, you know, he hasn't topped 45 yards in any of the last five games. So, yeah, I don't really know what to trust with here on uh, Washington. I think there's a lot of good values in this slate, so I probably won't end up playing anybody uh, from the Redskins. And then on Tampa Bay, I really like uh, Fitzpatrick, and I like how, how aggressive this offense has been all year. Uh, if you look at the splits, Deshaun Jackson averages 16 fantasy points per game with Fitzpatrick as a starter over the last two seasons. Uh, I believe that's like top 15 in the NFL. He has O.J. Howard to work with coming off of that big game. And then, uh, you know, Adam Humphreys and Mike Evans uh, led the team in routes run last week and then uh, I guess you could throw Peyton Barber in the mix as well we know Washington's a lot better against the pass than they are against the run Barber's only 3,500 on DraftKings Um, if you're looking to pay down a running bag you could start with you know Lewis and Barber and then uh, pretty much have your pick of the litter at wide receiver so Chop same question to you the Washington side for me it's tough to figure out you know if do I even want to roster any of these guys but I think a solid bounce back here could be Mike Evans you know we saw him not do much in that game. It all went to Humphreys. But down to 7,000 here, 8,100 last week. Where's your interest level in a, in a bounce-back spot for Mike Evans? Pretty high. I, I don't think that the game last week against Carolina was, uh, was a huge surprise. You never, you never expect to see Mike Evans get shut down like that. But, you know, the, the playbook on that was they've been pretty good against wide receivers and terrible against tight ends, and it played out. O.J. Howard got off for a couple of touchdowns, and Mike Evans got shut down more or less. So 
I don't think it's a, I don't think it was that far fetched to imagine that this week is a much different story. I don't see Tampa Bay running into the Washington line, so I think they'll pass it. The, we saw Julio just dog as, as Evan Silva uses the the term dog walk. I like that one. It's a really good one. But Julio Jones dog walked Josh Norman last week, and Mike Evans is uh, not quite Julio Jones, but he's that next great tier. So. He could do the very same thing. Josh Norman's way overrated anyhow. Yeah, I like a big bounce back for Evans. If anybody gets targeted heavily in this game, it's going to be Mike Evans. It's not going to be Humphreys. It's not going to be Godwin or Jackson. I, I like Mike Evans to bounce back. On the flip side, don't like Adrian Peterson. The Tampa Bay run defense when healthy, and they're not all the way healthy, but at least I think McCoy will be playing this week again. So when they're halfway healthy, they've been pretty tough against the run. I don't want to go Adrian Peterson. That leaves us with a passing game. I'm looking up and down. I'm not going to trust Maurice Harris. I think the only natural thing to go to here is is Josh Dotson. I mean, as much as I don't want to do it, he's been such a bust. But kind of looking at the way they've been targeting, you know, with Paul Richardson the last two weeks, they've each received 11 targets, Paul Richardson and Josh Dotson. Now Richardson's out for the year. Maybe he gets a couple extra targets this game. Uh, just he needs to secure them. He needs to catch them, and then he'll have a good game. That's been his problem, but – I'll take a shot with Josh Dotson. That's a very, very good price tag for a potential number one wide receiver in this offense. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on the injuries there. But don't forget the offensive line is banged up too. I think You're that right. was a big part of Adrian Peterson not being able to do anything. And they're missing a couple key guys there. So the matchup looks enticing. And normally I'd be all in for a bounce back spot. But for me, it's not AP. Love Mike Evans' shop. I'm in agreement there. Lowest price we've seen on him since week one. So I'm going to take advantage of that price in this matchup all right let's wrap it up here guys our last game starting at one o'clock maybe the worst game not only this week but this season guys buffalo and the jets so this one shouldn't take long chop any hot takes here in this game or is it just defenses that none of the above i mean this one looks awful oh man the only thing that would make this game any better for us to take defense is, is if we wake up on Sunday morning and it's like a 40-mile-per-hour wind in New York, then we could really push the lock button on these two defenses because, yeah, these offenses are atrocious. I don't even know who Buffalo is going to try to start at quarterback. They don't have any good options. Yeah, this is, this is pretty ugly, man. Looking on the other side, the Jets, I'm trying to comb through and see who I might take, but, sheesh, I mean – I thought tough, I thought I thought I could play Crowell last week. Like if I had a big weakness last week, it was Crowell. I've used him in about twenty percent of my lineups, and uh, I just thought that was a good spot. Well, this is not even as good of a spot as that, and he definitely didn't good off last week. So I, I don't think I could trust him, and he's the only one I would even remotely think about because you just don't. Tre'Davious White's going to lock down on somebody, and it's probably going to be Robbie Anderson if healthy. And I don't, I don't think I could take anybody from the offensive side in these games. I think this is a good defensive game. Yeah, I mean, I was encouraged by Elijah McGuire. You know, he got a lot more run than I thought he would get, five targets in that game. So, you know, I think they want to start shifting more of the focus to him, seeing what they have there. It makes sense, a team that's rebuilding. But in this matchup, again, not much to get excited about. The total is 37. So, Derek, your thoughts. I mean, the Jets are big favorites here. Generally, we want a running back at home as a big favorite. We have all those things. Any interest in Crowell, McGuire, or are we just scratching this game off? I'll probably be scratching it off. I think you can look at McGuire in tournaments. 3,400 
he's not going to kill you as long as he catches a couple passes. But, yeah, regardless of who starts for Buffalo, they're turnover prone. We know Darnold's turnover prone. In a game with two pretty good defenses. So, uh, I agree with Chop. I'll probably just be playing these defenses. Hope the weather's bad uh, just to make me feel a little better about it. And, yeah, just don't want any of these receivers right now. So, uh, let's go back to the sports betting. Over or under 37. Derek, over or under? I'll take the over because I think the defenses are going to create a lot of short field opportunities or score themselves. Chop, over or under 37. What do you got? Give me the under. The under. A bunch of field goals. I'm saying this, I see like a 9-6 game here. Kind of like that Miami Jets game last week. But hate to wrap it up on such a turd game, but that's what we got to do. We're going to come back with part two with some better games. Guys, any final thoughts here? We got we to gotta end better than Buffalo and the Jets. We can't go out like that. Chop. Final thoughts here in part one. Yeah, come back for part two. I'm going to have a, a big update on my – Season long team. <laughs> oh, everybody looks forward to that each and every week. So you get that coming in part two. Derek, final thoughts here, part one, week 10. Yeah, we'll get to it a little bit more in the, the second episode, but I just want to quickly touch on uh, Todd Gurley's price point once again. I mean, he's 9,400. He's been the chalk every single week. And uh, to combat that, DraftKings raised the price of all the other running backs. So we got Gordon at nine, we got Kamara at 87, Hunt at 85. Um, so, yeah, that's just going to make Gurley even more popular. Anyway. Is Derek going to go on a rant here in part two? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> that's about uh, as much as I do when it comes to a rant. But, uh, I don't know yeah. that I've ever seen that guy angry, so I was looking forward <laughs> to a little rant. But come on back for part two. That'll be posted tomorrow. But hope you enjoyed the analysis here. For Chop, for Noto, I am Beer saying salut. We'll see you right back here tomorrow for part two. We're out of here.